This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, fellow investors, and welcome to Invest Talk. This is our April 15th, 2020 edition of Invest Talk. And there's a lot of financial disruptions that are being caused by this COVID-19 pandemic. And there's certainly, there's certainly the most serious crisis since 2008. And in a lot of ways, it's worse, right? Uh, 2008 was a financial crisis that morphed into a Main Street crisis. And this is the opposite. This is a Main Street crisis that is morphing into what likely will be a, a financial crisis at some point. Uh, the Fed has done uh, at least enough in the near term to, to stave that off. Uh, but the big question is, will they be able to stave it off indefinitely? So many may see a light at the end of the tunnel, but I think we're going to have a lot of fits and starts with this return to normalcy. And it's very unclear what that path is going to be. But we know that there's a low likelihood that it's smooth sailing, right? Once we open the economy uh, and we know that we're in a different world than we were just a few months ago. And habits have changed. And I see that with my friends, my family, as well as talking to our clients and our listeners. So here we are. We must face this new reality. But we're going to do that together. And you have finance investing questions, and I will do my best to provide the unbiased answers. So as an investor, you want strategies that will help you deal with its volatility and help you succeed in a time where, guess what? Indexing is not going to work, most likely. So you need, need to be prepared. And you can develop strategies that will help you better get to your goal of financial freedom. Whatever that version of financial freedom is, we are here to help you build the habits and make the decisions that will get you there faster. And that's one reason why you listen to the program, right? And, and, uh, and hopefully you, getting a, you get a lot out of it. Hopefully you tell your friends and family members about it as well, and they can get a lot out of it. And call in, ask questions. We love to hear what you have to say. We would love to know what's on your mind. You guide us each and every day. Now, I'm Justin Klein. I hope you'll call me once again in this hour. And through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, I can make you a better investor. Now, one way Steve and I are able to do that is by implementing a philosophy of independent thinking and shared success. And this is not CNBC. This isn't Fox News. It's not CNN. It's not MSNBC. It's definitely not CNBC. So we are here to just give you the truth the way we see it. We're not here to bash anyone politically. We're not here to uh, hate on any one person, segment, or group of the market. We're here to give you the pros and the cons of everything, right? From politicians to companies to uh, leaders to industries to economies and countries. And that's how you have to look at everything in life, I think. 
is to have a balance. We are naturally very prone to tribalism, right? We want to stick our, our stake in the ground and this is our tribe, right? And whether that's your church or whether that's a political party or maybe it's a, a, a workout group that you're in, uh, whatever it is, we all want to be part of a group. And oftentimes that's great. That's great as an individual. It gives you a, a sense of being and psychologically, that's fantastic. But oftentimes, that stake in the ground also ties yourself to one way or the other. And only looking at certain topics in one way, either all pros or all cons. Right? And that's why we have such political divide here, right? It's the other side of the aisle is bad and we are good. And guess what? You're, it's probably somewhere in the middle, just like investing. No company is without its drawbacks, without its weaknesses, and every company is, is in existence because it has some strength, and you need to be able to weigh the pros and cons. Okay, now our phone lines are open, 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And during this COVID-19 stay-at-home-in-place situation, Steve and I are postponing travel trips, but thanks to technology, we can offer these no-cost, no-obligation portfolio review assessments via phone, Skype. We even use Jive Meetings, which is our, our, our VoIP system. It has a, a voice uh, video feature that works great, so we can set that up. I have my own private chat room, uh, meeting room, that I can uh, meet with uh, listeners and clients as well. So if you want to schedule time with myself or Steve, just uh, head over to investtalk.com or call our KPP Financial offices in Irvine, California at 800-557-5461. Once again, you can learn more at investtalk.com. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story that JPMorgan Chase is strengthening its mortgage borrowing standards. We're going to discuss the effect that's going to have on the housing market. Next, private REITs. This is an area that's been around for 20 plus years or an area of the market that's been around for 20 plus years. And guess what? It's having problems already. We warn about this all the time, uh, but still billions are being put into these funds, 70 billion actually since 2013. And a lot of these investors are now trapped uh, in one way, shape or form. So we're going to touch on that. And maybe that's a warning sign for you to avoid this sector and uh, sectors like it because it's not the only area of the market that has similar structure. Then we're going to get into how the coronavirus is killing globalization. Once again, deglobalization is something I'm going to talk about because I think it's very important to understand the trends. And then lastly, is money losing its meaning with uh, such massive money printing? We're going to talk about that as well. But let's check in on the market real quick. It was a pretty decent down day. The broader index was were down uh, in the neighborhood of two, a little over two percent on the S and P, two point three six percent. Small caps are down four point three eight percent. You know, here's this volatility. We're now in this range. I think from the lows just a few weeks ago to the highs just a few days ago, uh, and I think we're going to chop until we get some more resolution to uh, what's what the restart of the economy is going to look like. And I actually think it's going to be a sell the news type of event. 
Now you listen to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we present this program with five new shows each week, Monday through Friday, and it is broadcast and streamed live in the four o'clock Pacific Time hour. And whenever you have an investment question, I encourage you to contact myself or Steve Peasley at KPP Financial or explore our podcast library. You can search, listen, and subscribe. So please take a second to rate the podcast at iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888 chart The COVID-19 pandemic has forced millions of people to stay home, which is getting in the way of everyone's normal exercise routine. Gyms are closed, people are stuck inside, and tightness and stiffness are afflicting us all. This is the perfect time to focus on your personal health and wellness. And I know you have heard me say this before, but recently I discovered this great product to reduce my pain and stiffness caused by sitting too long at my desk doing research and talking to clients. It has 13 all-natural ingredients and is sold in hundreds of doctor's offices, pharmacies, and gyms, and spas throughout the country. This muscle rub made by Quanta, a publicly traded applied science company, has patented technology proven to supercharge key ingredients and make them perform five times more effectively within the human body. It is optimized to drastically reduce both pain and inflammation naturally. I know this sounds too good to be true, but they have the white papers to prove it. I use their various health and wellness products every day and find a host of different benefits. Additionally, for a limited time, listeners of our program can receive promotional discount pricing at buyquanta.com. Use the promo code INVEST to save 20% on your first order. In fact, Quanta is so highly confident you'll be pleased with their products, that's why they offer a money-back guarantee if you aren't satisfied with the results. Again, simply use the code INVEST to save 20% at buyquanta.com. B-U-Y-Q-U-A-N-T-A dot com. You are listening to Invest Talk. It's Wednesday, and Justin Klein is here today for Steve Peasley. We've all been watching the market, and the COVID-19 pandemic has caused financial disruptions around the world. So you're going to have finance and investment questions. Call Invest Talk, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve and Justin. This is Kyle. I wanted to know if it's a good idea to buy the stock VMware, BMW. Thank you for the show. Looking forward to listening to it. Have a great day. All right. He's looking at VMW, VMware. This is in the software space. It provides virtualized software enabling organizations to run multiple operating systems. So this is a a name that's been around for a long time and steadily grown its business. Not in a dramatic way where it's 30, 40% per year, but just consistently kind of in the mid-teens. Now, earnings expected uh, this year or in 2021 to be down 4%. So over the next year, remember, the fiscal years for companies, they're, they're not just January to December for all of them. Some of them have different fiscal years. Sometimes... The 2020 fiscal year ends after the first quarter. That could happen, right? Um, so just kind of a heads up there when you're looking at these numbers. But it's a $55 billion company. And it's very modest debt, only about $5.7 billion in long-term debt. Very, very modest. So in great financial position from a balance sheet perspective. Uh, but I wonder how cyclical their business is. I really want to look back... 2008, 9 time, 10 time period, 
what happened? What did their business do? Now, my dad only goes back to 07, and it just grew through there. So I like that their business uh, tends to be non-cyclical. My issue here is that this has been in a downtrend for a while. Uh, it really peaked in about April, May timeframe of last year, and has been making lower lows and lower highs ever since. And technically, I don't see that really changing. This needs really to get above the 155 level. Now it's at 133 for this downtrend to have any chance of, of abating. Uh, and it's it's still a little expensive for, for my taste. Enterprise value to EBITDA is 24. And it's a, it's a modest grower. It's not growing uh, dramatically. So it checks my box on the balance sheet side, but it does not check my box on the chart. Uh, as well as the valuation, which still to me is, is a little rich. So I'd like to have it on my watch list. I'd love to pick it up back around. Let me give you a price here. About, about $80 a share. That's where I would be, love to buy VMware where the value would line up with, uh, with, with the fundamentals. Let's go to Jacob in New York. He wants to talk about market trends. Hey there. Uh, yeah, so I've been trying to follow market trends to get ahead of certain um, prognostications in the market. So, like, for example, working from home means, you know, Zoom and Slack will do well. Um, stimulus means gold or gold miners will rally. I'm curious what uh, your team uh, or you specifically is looking at as a, as a next trend here in the market with either unemployment increasing or um, SBA loans being sent out or what, what kind of trends are you looking at? Well, there's the trends that you spoke of from uh, precious metals as well as uh, working from home. Those are certainly, uh, I think, going to uh, continue. Uh, what other trends in the marketplace? Uh, obviously, eating eating at home, I think that is a big trend that's going to uh, continue to gain steam. Even if we reopen the economy, I don't think as many people are going to be going to restaurants. And therefore, they're still going to eat. They're still going to have to eat. This means that they're going to go in the grocery store and stocking up for you know a week or two at a time and spending a lot more money uh, uh, inside their home or eating inside their home and less money at restaurants. So I think the restaurant sector is going to struggle for some time, especially those franchisees. I think that's a, 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 a trend that is likely going uh, to stick. What else? Uh, healthcare. Healthcare, uh, I think the, the trend because of this, I do think we get to some sort of single payer or public option to where uh, the private insurers are probably less needed. Still, I still think they'll be there. I think it'll be more of a public option thing where you'll be able to kind of like Medicare for all, but everyone has supplemental or you know some extra level of coverage, that type of thing. So I think on um, the healthcare space, you, you should have changing dynamics. Um, those are the ones that I can think of off the top of my head. Obviously, more will emerge, and you're, you're right for kind of trying to think ahead because you don't want to wait until it hits the, the, the headlines and they're talking about it on CNBC because odds are you're too late to the game. So I like what you're talking about. I like what you're thinking about, and I hope that helps. And I'm certainly going to talk about the ones that I see uh, coming as I, you know, as, as our research uh, continues throughout this uh, recession. But thanks for the call, Jacob, and good luck out there in New York. Hopefully, you stay healthy. Now you're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and during these times when social distancing guidelines require most of us to work at home and stay at home, you may have some additional discretionary time because you aren't commuting. 
In that case, I encourage you to head over to investtalk.com and explore the financial and investment information that we have there. We have newsletters, we have uh, market analysis, we have a lot for you to look over as well as our investment programs. Now, if you are serious about achieving financial freedom, you have to get prepared for the market volatility. So start exploring investtalk.com. And now I'm taking your questions live at 888-99-CHART. April is National Literacy Month. It was created to highlight the importance of financial literacy. The objective is to teach Americans how to establish and maintain healthy financial habits. And you are already on the right track by listening to Invest Talk. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions now. 888-99-CHART. Let's go to Andre in Los Angeles. He wants to discuss an investing strategy. Hello? Yes. How can I help you? Yeah, I uh, yeah, I have a question. So the majority of my investing is in my uh, 403B plan at work. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm 38 years old. I can't touch the money for over 20 years. And if I can't buy individual stocks, I'm curious what your take is on I can only buy ETFs and mutual funds. What, what kind of strategy would mm-hmm. you do in that case? And uh, one other question. Does it make sense? They say the average investor tries to get in and out of the market um, to sell out of a, I have a couple ETFs that I, I don't really like anymore after the, the downturn and the, the way the economy is going. Does it make sense to just get mm-hmm. out of these positions because um, I want to add to my cash position at a loss or do you just stay in and ride it out? Uh, well, well, you're young. Uh, so long term, you know, the, the natural reaction would be write it out. But you know, in this environment, we're expecting the, the, the major indexes to grind lower. You're a perfect candidate for our active 401k program, which actually works for uh, 403bs and pretty much any retirement plan where you have a set fund lineup like you do with uh, mutual funds and ETFs. And what it does is it ranks those funds by uh, past performance, uh, fee level, current market conditions, and then compares it to your risk tolerance and gives you quarterly recommendations on how to make that allocation. And sometimes it's uh, aggressive. Sometimes it's uh, it's more conservative. Uh, obviously, right now it's going to be more conservative. But you're the perfect person. You know, you you you, you don't have a lot of flexibility. Um, but it's the best way to get you the allocation recommendations uh, on a quarterly basis uh, and on a consistent basis, uh, depending on the market environment. So I would take a look uh, at that. And in this environment, once again, uh, our that that program is recommending to be conservative uh, and if you signed up you would get that conservative allocation thanks for the call andre let's go to far Faron farun in fremont looking farun looking at uso which is the oil etf actually had a call about this uh, from somebody else off air today Are you looking to buy it or do you own it yes i i'm planning to buy because i think uh, i saw oil making a double bottom kind of here it's Sticking around nineteen to twenty dollars a barrel, and then there is one USL and then USO, and I was kind of confused. What is the difference, and what is the best way, rather than these or anything else, you have for a longer term play? Because I think once we go back to normal and aircraft starts flying and everything goes back, I think uh, oil is kind of low over here. 
it may jump. So what, what's your opinion and what should we use if we want to capture that? Uh, well, if you're going to get exposure to the oil space, I'd be looking at the big major oil companies, uh, you know, your, your ones with big, strong, strong balance sheets uh, that are able to buy up the, the bankrupt companies. There's going to be a lot of bankrupt shale plays uh, over the next uh, year or so, and those will either be gobbled up by the bigger players or uh, some of their assets we bought out in bankruptcy. Uh, and I, I, the, these larger names are, are cheap. And they're going to have much better upside than, say, a, a USO, lower risk, and they're going to probably pay you a dividend as well. So that's the way we're, we're playing it. Uh, we don't like these USO, USL. These are trading vehicles. These aren't things that you buy for the long term and hold uh, because of thing called uh, Contango. And it's, uh, it's just not something that you, you want to be holding for an extended period of time. So if I'm playing the oil rebound, once again, focus on large players. At a, you know the names. I don't, I'm not going to recommend particular names, but you're going to recognize the names. Those are the ones you want to look at uh, to play the oil rebound. Thanks for the call. Let's go to Igor in San Francisco. He's looking at United, United Continental. And are you looking at this because they just got bailed out, at least the airline industry did? No, I'm actually looking at the United Airlines, U-A-L. Oh, United. Got it. United Airlines. Okay. So you, you're looking to buy or you hold it? Uh, I'm looking to buy it because it's very low at this point. So I'm, I'm thinking it's going to rebound at some point. I hate airlines. I hate travel right now. You, you Okay. The, this is not going away anytime soon. People are not going to travel the same way. They're going to work from home a lot more. They're not going to go on vacation, especially if you're older. You're a baby boomer. These airlines are in big, big trouble. This bailout is going to keep bailout is going to keep them afloat for a little while. But these are not good investments for uh, the medium term. Now they they may bottom out at some point when. Uh, you start seeing bankruptcies and you know maybe the stronger ones survive but uh the re there's a reason that with the market bouncing these names basically went sideways they for, for over the past uh, month or so so these are not names that you want to be buying once again everybody i've been saying this for months now you have to look at companies with with sound balance sheets and non-cyclical businesses and stay away from travel leisure uh entertainment and, and anything that's going to involve people gathering together in tight places, people are going to be weary of that for some time. Uh, and if you have a company in that space that has a lot of debt, they are going to suffer mightily under that debt. And if bankruptcy doesn't happen, they're just simply going to have to fire workers and downsize. And that's not good for equity shareholders either. So stay away from United Airlines. I'm next Invest Talk. Can PayPal and Square finally prove they can beat the banks? With We're going to talk about that story tomorrow on Invest Talk. But for now, I'm Justin Klein, and I'm ready to take your questions live at 888 chart Numbers are elusive. I bought this stock last year at about $6.75. They're always changing. I got them at $3.99, and it took a major hit. First up, then down, then up again, or maybe sideways. What would be a good entry point? On Invest Talk. 
the focus is on numbers that affect our listeners and their portfolios. Carl in Ohio, he wants to talk about his 401k. Hi, Justin. Uh, long-time listener of the show. I absolutely love it. Let's go to Dave in San Leandro. You've got to be prepared for volatility. I want to know what you think for someone like me. And they know it. I'm 31 years old. So the questions keep coming. Should I dollar cost average that? 24-7. How much of your portfolio should you put into like ETFs and mutual funds? From every part of America. Hey, Steve and Justin. My name's Josh calling from Buffalo, New York. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein analyze the complex patterns in those numbers and do their very best to decipher the potential meanings. Thanks for everything you guys do. And here's one number that keeps rising. More than 21 million InvestTalk podcast downloads. And for that, Steve and Justin thank their loyal listeners. I find you guys to be pretty much entirely trustworthy. So I'm curious, how do you do that? Independent thinking, shared success. It's all about the numbers. InvestDoc.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call InvestTalk 888-99-CHART. Let's go to AJ in San Jose. He wants to talk about his 401k. Hey, Justin, long time listener. Thank you for all the advice and help you've been giving us. Um, no I, I have a question on uh, my 401k. Uh, uh, seems like there were like not many options in uh, my 401k for, through Fidelity. Uh, I ended up like you know investing in uh, Fidelity um, 500 and extended market and international funds because those were the limited options provided. And uh, mm-hmm. recently, you know, they have introduced. Um, an option to actually invest in individual securities now. And due to the last couple of months with coronavirus, my 401k has been down almost 20%. 20%. So I w- wanted to kind of get your advice whether it would make sense to maybe uh, take my losses and like invest them in uh, better companies rather than like these uh, index funds. Yes, I would absolutely do that. Anytime that you can get out from underneath the lack of, of choices around a 401k when it comes to just, you know, you, most people just have 12, 15, 20 funds to choose from. And if you can get out from underneath that, whether that's rolling that into an IRA, either because it's an old 401k or maybe uh, doing an in-service rollover once you have 59 and a half, or in your case, doing what is called a self-directed brokerage account, which a lot of uh, 401ks allow that nowadays. I know that's how we do it uh, at KPP Financial with uh, our, our uh, employees. And then, yes, then you can invest it in any stock you want and be a little more nimble, especially in this environment where it's going to be very hard to make money in uh, in an index. So I absolutely take your losses. Uh, we're you know we're near. You know, we've already had this rally, this counter trend rally. It's long in the tooth, even though it's only a few weeks old. Uh, but it, you know, it's, this is a good time to to do that, and I would absolutely pull the trigger. Move that into self-directed brokerage account. Start buying non-cyclical businesses with good balance sheets. Let's go to Josh in San Jose. He wants to talk about bonds. Hey, Justin. Thanks for uh, taking my question. I'm a newer investor. Been listening to the show for a couple months. Um, I've, I've heard you and Steve talk about junk bonds and corporate bonds, things like that. 
Uh, I'm, I'm looking for kind of a, a solid base to start investing and uh, saving for a longer period of time, maybe 10 years or so. So you're, you, you're looking to invest in bonds of some type and you're trying to figure out what type? Is that what you're saying? Uh, that, that's correct. Yeah. Just looking for kind of a, a good recommendation or a spread or what your guys is kind of, uh, what, what bonds you look at for a newer investor. Well, if you're a new investor, you probably don't have a, a ton of money. Uh, so when it comes to bonds, we buy for clients, we buy individual bonds and, but individual bonds, you need at least $5,000 for one, uh, one to own one particular allotment of a bond uh, and typically $10,000. So you, you, in order to get diversification, you need 100,000 plus. Uh, but so that probably isn't in the cards for you. Uh, in this environment, you want to stay away from junk bonds. You want to focus on high grade in, investment grade corporates. Uh, you want to look for mutual funds or ETFs that have not just a bunch of triple B bonds, something that's a little more... Uh, a little safer. Hopefully their average credit rating is A or A plus. That's what I would look for. And Morningstar.com uh, is a good resource to, to do a little research there. And I wouldn't go super long term either. You know, we're at, I think, generational lows in interest rates. So I would stay intermediate to the shorter term. Uh, your yields aren't going to be great. I'll tell you that. Two, three percent. Um, it's not my favorite place to invest right now in the bond market, uh, but if that's where you want to go, that's the way I would approach that market. Thanks for the call, Josh. Now, my main talking point today concerns the story that J.P. Morgan Chase will strengthen mortgage borrowing standards, and they see the shift in the economy, and they're making adjustments. And this is a good example of how there are multi multiple aspects to housing that will affect prices. You know, f number one, long-term and even short-term are incomes, right? Incomes for the particular area of that housing market. The Bay Area, where our radio show airs, that's one good example, right? Silicon Valley has, has grown dramatically. The average pay is north of 150, probably $200,000. And the housing price inflation is dramatic because that income growth. Then you add on top of that record low interest rates and easy borrowing terms compared to where we were you know, five, seven years ago. Since the financial crisis, borrowing terms have become easier and easier. I'm even seeing no, lock, no doc loan offers you know, solicitations in my email box as, early, as, as recent as a couple months ago. So when those terms are very loose, that helps the values of housing prices in general. And that was one of the big reasons why housing prices fell so dramatically in 2008 was because the lending standards went completely the other way. Before they were way too loose and lenders were taking reckless risk and that backfired. And naturally, we are human beings and we tend to correct in a dramatic fashion. And that's what happened. And that's why we didn't get a full recovery in housing to start until really 2012, 13 timeframe. And that's when you started to see mortgage borrowing standards loosen up a little bit more. Now you're starting to see this go the other way. So this is how the cycle works. It's not just the economic cycle, but it's also the lending cycle. 
Okay. So when lending starts to tighten up, housing prices are going to go down. Why? Because it's going to be harder to get loans approved on higher dollar amounts, higher borrowing amounts, you know, the DTIs change, uh, et cetera. So what JP Morgan, which is the largest lender by assets in the country and the fourth largest mortgage lender in the United States as of last year, they're now limiting mortgages to at least a 700 credit score and 20% down of the home value. And they said, we're making temporary changes that will allow us to more closely focus on serving our existing customers. So one thing is, because a lot of employees are working from home, it's harder to get some things done. And therefore, the surge in refinancing from existing customers is making it harder for them to handle the volume. So why, if you can't handle the volume, why are you focusing on lower quality borrowers, first off? And I think that is something that could abate uh, in time, but I think they're going to wait until this recession is over to start to loosen standards once again. So when your fourth largest mortgage lender starts to tighten up, they're probably not the only one. And the average down payment across the housing market is around 10% according to the Mortgage Bakers Association. So if all these banks start to require 20%, you can see how it's going to be much more difficult for people to buy homes. And that means prices need to come down in order for them to get up to that 20% down payment. Now, like I said, with JP Morgan's doing this, a lot of other lenders are looking at doing this as well. Why? Because there's been a 1,900% rise in the second half of March of residential mortgage borrowers requesting delayed mortgage payments, forbearance. And they don't want to add to that if they don't have to. right? So they're only going to let people borrow if they know that they can handle it. Now, the National Association of Realtors last month said home sales could fall by around 10% in the short term. I bet you it's going to be a lot more than that. Uh, they're always more optimistic. Uh, and I never listen to the National Association of Realtors because they're usually just way too optimistic. They don't want to scare their constituents. They don't want to scare home buyers. They're going to dampen any negative news and really blow out of proportion any positive news. So they're a little biased. So I definitely think housing prices are going to come in rather sharply over the next uh, 9 to 12 months. Remember, housing takes a little while to feed through. Because comps are three, six months prior, and you're, this is a new environment. Three months ago was a different world than we're in today, uh, and so you're likely to see housing prices decline, uh, depending on the area, but uh, if it's a high-priced area, I think you have much bigger risk of a decline in housing prices over the medium term. I'm Justin Klein. You're listening to Invest Talk, and you're in good company. We keep download statistics, and we know that in March, we're over three quarters of a million downloads. So, Stephen, I thank you for that. Please be sure to tell your friends and family members about Invest Talk and our website, investtalk.com. And of course, you can always call our KP Financial Offices in Irvine, California, and get in touch with us, set up a call, set up a video call with us, and go over your portfolio and see how we can help because we want to help. But for now, our phone lines are open at 888-99-CHART. At a time of great interest in the market, InvestTalk listeners are invited to expand their stock and strategy guidance information by listening to a special new bonus podcast. 
the InvestTalk Rapid Fire Hour. By concentrating exclusively on InvestTalk's voice bank questions, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein were able to move the podcast at a brisk pace. So tell your friends. They can hear answers to 28 questions in just an hour's time. Go to investtalk.com to see the podcast listing for The March Bonus Show. And now the Anytime Listener lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your questions. Call InvestTalk, 888-99-CHART. Good afternoon, Steve and Justin. You both have a, a terrific podcast. I enjoy it very much. And my question is about the cruise line industry. In particular, what do you think about Royal Caribbean? The stimulus is not going to provide them any funds. So do you believe that they can get the financing from other sources so that they would not have to go into claiming bankruptcy? Thank you much. Again, Steve from Virginia. Take care. Bye. The short answer is no. Now, I don't think they're going to – do I think they're going to file bankruptcy soon? No. Uh, they're, they have some, some cash on hand, and uh, I, I'm not sure about their maturity schedule, but it's probably not for uh, a little while. But clearly, the United States is not the only country that probably doesn't want uh, cruise liners docking uh, in its uh, in its ports and having people potentially be affected and dealing with the potential spread of the virus throughout the, the cruise liners. And like I said, this is a crisis that is going to be fits and starts. They restart the economy. This is a highly contagious virus, so you can discuss how deadly it is, but we know it's very highly contagious, and therefore you're going to see resurgence. Now, is that in late summer? Is that in the fall? Is that in the winter? I don't think we know that yet. Uh, and we're not probably going to get past this until we get a vaccine, and even a vaccine takes a while for enough to be produced. Talking a year plus. So I think we're at least two years away from this crisis being gone, being behind us, right? And so these are this is a company next to the casinos. I can't see Royal Caribbean, which I went on. I've been on one cruise in my life, and it was Royal Caribbean, and it was I had a good time. It was it was great. Uh, but I think this is going to struggle for some time. Not going to go away. Once again, bankruptcy does not mean that the company goes away automatically. Can, it can liquidate. But more often than not, they reorganize. The bondholders become the equity holders and the equity holders are gone. That is how bankruptcy in this country tends to work and in most Western countries. Now let's keep moving. Here comes another caller question at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve. I have a question regarding payments. For instance, PayPal, Visa, and Square. I know that Square is a little bit different from the, the previous two, but I was wondering how if they're considered low right now, and if I buy now in the future, if it will grow. Looking forward to hear your insights. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Well, she's looking at uh, an area of the market that has good long-term secular tailwinds, right? We're moving more and more digital with our transactions, and these are companies, the Squares of the world, PayPal's, Visa's, uh, etc. They are processing more and more volume each and every year. Now, in a downtrend or in a down economy, you see 
the growth slow or even reverse. Uh, for Visa, I think they reported about a 10% drop in swipe rates uh, over the past month or so. And that just goes to show you how much less people are spending. They're not going out to restaurants and leaving tips and spending 100 to $200. They're going to the grocery store and spending $102 and last them a week, right? And so this is a dynamic that is likely to continue. And a lot of these names were priced to perfection. I think these are should be on everyone's watch list, the PayPal's, uh, Visas of the world. And, you know, I actually kind of like the, the PayPal's and the, and the Squares more than I like the Visas and the MasterCards. Why? Because there's more di- diametism to what they can do, right? With uh, PayPal owns Venmo, for example. And how do they utilize that and monetize that? Uh, Square has more runway, I think, than, than Visa or MasterCard for growth. And it's not priced quite uh, as expensive. So I like what you're looking at. I think they all should be on your watch list, but I, I think they're cyclical and you'll have better opportunities as this bear market continues. This is Invest Talk. I'm Justin Klein, and we have one goal here each and every weekday is to help you achieve your own version of financial freedom. And we're going into our last break. So if you're going to call, you want to do it right now at 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, with many small businesses in COVID-19 crisis mode, PayPal and Square have now been approved to distribute Paycheck Protection Program loans. Can they do a better job than the banks? That story tomorrow. But now Justin Klein is here. He's got answers, but he's waiting for your questions. Call Justin, 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve, this is Raul from uh, Flower Mound uh, calling with regards to ABR. It is a REIT. Uh, the prices have dropped significantly. It's got a very good uh, yield on it. I'm sure that yield will drop over the next uh, several months probably. But I was just checking to see what you guys thought about ABR. If you could answer my question at your next convenient time. Thank you very much for everything you guys do. All right, he's looking at Arbor Realty Trust, and this is a mortgage REIT. And let me kind of address REITs in general so you really understand why these, a lot of them are in trouble right now, especially the mortgage REITs. Now, a REIT is, stands for a Real Estate Investment Trust, and 90% of their cash flow needs to pass through to shareholders. They are a pass-through entity. That's what a REIT is. It's a pass-through entity in order to avoid tax on the corporate level. So you pay it on the individual level, your tax at your ordinary income tax rate, uh, and that's how these REITs work. Now, because they're a pass-through entity, there is not your natural, what is called, retained earnings. So retained earnings is, say, you make a dollar a share, you pay out 50 cents a share. In dividends, you keep 50 cents a share on your balance sheet as retained earnings, and it helps your capital buffers. It helps you have a solid balance sheet. That retained earnings is, over time, as it adds and adds to your balance sheet, makes you a stronger company and be able to handle these downturns. And as a pass-through entity, REITs don't really have that ability. They oftentimes pass through even more than 90% of their cash flow. So 
either through adding more debt, uh, using complex structures of, uh, of accounting, uh, but basically many of them, most of them, especially the mortgage REITs, are very leveraged. So ABR, while it yield 18.6% based on previous payouts, is likely to be cut dramatically. Why? Because they invest in real estate bridge and mezzanine loans and interest in first mortgages. So it sounds like, and I have to dig deeper, that they don't invest in Fannie and Freddie mortgages, which have been backed by the Federal Reserve, and these are have a higher yield, but far more risk, and this has a very leveraged balance sheet. So, if these get under, you know, have problems, and they likely will, these mortgages, this is a company or a REIT in this case, that could definitely go under. So definitely pass on ABR. Remember, don't just focus on the dividend. Understand the underlying business. Let's go to Nancy in Hong Kong. Wants to talk about 5G stocks. Yes. Yeah, I know 5G is a good potential for the future investment. It has a big room to grow. And I know Apple, AMD, and Intel, Qualcomm, all are there. But their prices are very expensive already. Is it still a good time mm-hmm. to get in, or do you have other recommendations? Well, the 5G space, uh, you're, talking about, you're talking about companies that are taking advantage of the the trend in 5G. And a lot of these names are in the chip space. And the chip space tends to be fairly cyclical, fairly volatile, especially when it comes to earnings. They're all over the place. In good times, they make a ton of money. In rough economies, they don't make very much money. And often, they lose a lot of money. So I would stick with the bigger players, ones that have stronger balance sheets, right? The Qualcomm's of the world are, are definitely the ones you want to be uh, focusing on uh, because they have what we call economic moats uh, around their business, uh, patents uh, around their business that will insulate them from weak pricing power, right? They'll be able to remain, have strong pricing power. So I, I like those type of names. Stick with the bigger names. Uh, there is an ETF 5G, FIVG. You could buy that and have a broad exposure. But yes, a lot of them are expensive. I would dig into the holdings. You can find them over at Morningstar.com or just the prospectus and look at those names. So I like the telecom companies and I like the bigger chip names that have strong technology behind them. Thanks for the call, Nancy. I'm Justin Klein. This completes another Invest Talk program. I will return tomorrow. Steve Pease will host the program on Friday. Please remember that you and your friends can access our free Invest Talk podcast downloads at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, rate, and review. Good night. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. 
Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.